So welcome everyone to today's Facebook Live and my podcast on ways to build our family's immune system. So today I'm going to be sharing with you um, some some things that I've learned. But before I jump into that, in case you don't know me, um, my name is Dorenda Wilson. I'm married to Daryl. We've been married for almost 30 years. No, over 30 years, sorry. Um, our, our, we have eight kids and our oldest is uh, 29 and our youngest is 15. We have six grandkids. And so I've been a mom for a long time. We've also been homeschooling for a long time. And I talk a lot about that on my podcast and all of that. So if you're interested in learning more about that, um, I would welcome you to come follow me. But today I wanna share with you um, many of the things, I'm sure that I'm going to miss something, but I really tried to hit the, the important things that I've learned about building my family's immune system over the last almost 30 years of being a mom to these eight kids. So I'm not a medical expert or a doctor, um, and I encourage you to research the specifics for your particular family. Um, but what I'm sharing with you is what I've found to be the most reliable for our family over the years. Now, God has made you to be the mom to a mom to the kids that he's given you. So I really believe that he is going to direct you as well. And like I said, what I'm sharing today isn't an exhaustive list of all that I've learned, but I'm hoping to give you the meat of it so that you have a place to start. And I'm sure that as as I talk, there are certain things that are going to resonate with you. Pay attention to those things and make note of those things because that's your mom instinct at work. Um, God's given us an instinct as a mom for our own family. So uh, just listen in and like I said, take notes of the things that you feel like um, would be the most helpful to your family. You do not have to spend a lot of money. So let me just reiterate to you, I'm not selling anything. I'm not part of any multi-level marketing. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not saying it's wrong, but that's not why I'm here. Um, I'm here because I just want to share with you the wisdom that I've gained over the last 30 years because um, that can be kind of hard to find. You know, I know that even as I was raising kids, it was very difficult to find a mom who was willing to take the time and spend it with me and tell me what it is she's learned over these years. Someone that I respected, someone that I, um, you know, I felt like I could listen to. So... So I want to offer that to you today. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, to give you the meat of what I've learned so that you have a place to start. Again, you don't have to spend a lot of money, you guys. You really don't. Just decide where it's worth spending money. And remember, this happens in baby steps. Everything that I'm sharing with you came slowly over many years. And that's why I'm encouraging you to grab the things that really stand out to you and start there. Um, one of the ways that I encourage moms to start is by simply not buying any more of whatever it is that you're trying to eliminate. So today, I'm going to be talking about things that we take in to our bodies. That's not going to include vitamins, minerals, uh, things like that, uh, medicines, that sort of thing. It's really just about food today and where, to, how to find what kind of food to be looking for that's going to be the best to help build your family's immune system. I will be mentioning some resources, but I am not selling anything. And I, like I said, I love supporting moms who are trying to supplement their family's income. But if um, 
if that's something that you, you're doing, please don't try to start selling your products in the comments because I, I will delete them. And if you, if people, you know, connect with you on some other, in some other way here and you want to private message them, that's, you guys agree to do that. That's your business, but this is not a place for um, a sales pitch is what I'm saying. Um, this is simply a time to share some time-tested wisdom with the next generation. So again, do your own research on the things that really resonate with your heart for your family. And no, please, don't let fear drive you, but understand that everyone's health journey is unique. And again, it's a step-by-step, taking, starting out just taking baby steps, doing things that feel doable to you. So I'm going to share my information first, and then at the end... I'm going to answer any questions that you might have. So I'll, I'll scroll through at the end. So feel free to pop them in whenever you want to, and I'll go back over them at the end. Um, so let's get started. Um, oh, also, I'll be posting this, uh, like I said before, a recording of this to my podcast and my website tomorrow, which is dorindawilson.com. But also, this is going to be recorded and posted on this page as soon as we're finished so you can share it with your friends. So the first thing I want you to know is that I truly believe, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I really believe that, and I really want you to know that how very capable you are in tuning into your family's health and to be your family's greatest advocate when it comes to every area. But today we're talking specifically about health. You know, the healthcare, the healthcare system can be helpful in a crisis, but I firmly believe that as moms, we need to take responsibility for the health of our families. There may come a time when we can't or don't want to rely on the healthcare system as much as we have in the past. And taking responsibility really can just, it can start right here. It can start today. Now, I've been wanting to talk about this topic for a long time. I've, you, most of you know I've had a podcast for almost three years, and I really haven't talked a lot about health. Um, I have talked about some about mental health and mom self-care and anxiety and some things like that, but I've never really talked about kind of the physical health. And, and I and every time I would start to think about it, it was like God kept putting the brakes on. But I believe that now is the time. So this virus that's going on, um, we're kind of in the middle of this coronavirus um, crisis. But and it's, turned our, it's turned our lives upside down. And, and actually, I think what it's done is it's made us very aware of our vulnerability. And as scary as that can seem at first, it's an incredible opportunity to equip ourselves so that we can protect our families. It's, it's kind of like a bit of a wake-up call. So more of us are home uh, now more than ever. So it's a great time to begin to hone in on our family's health and make the much needed changes that will equip us both now and for the future. Because there's always new viruses and new bacteria out there, and but we can arm ourselves against it. We can equip ourselves and equip our bodies to fight against it. I've had concerns about how vulnerable most people are um, that a lot of people are to this virus because of all the underlying health conditions that so many people have and the way that they tend to not eat healthy and not take care of themselves. Um, I haven't been very concerned for my own family 
mainly because we're healthy and we know how to continue to equip ourselves and we're all pretty young. We don't have um, underlying health conditions. So I'm very grateful for that. That feels like a huge blessing um, to me. So I'll start a little bit, tell you just a little bit of my story. Now, um, you know, like I said, I became a mom almost 30 years ago and um, I was kind of interested. I've always found health to be an interesting topic. My own mom was really pretty interested in it and she was always kind of trying new things as much as my my dad would cooperate, but she and I would do things together too. So she sort of instilled a love for... um, just a curiosity in that particular area. And as I became a mom, I really wanted my kids to be healthy. You know, we want that as moms. We want our kids to be um, as healthy as possible for, for many reasons. I didn't want to go to the doctor's office every time I turned around and expose my kids to even more sickness and not to mention the inconvenience of having to drag them to the doctor. Um, so I wanted to, I started to get kind of tired of that because our oldest had quite a few ear infections and she ended up with taking antibiotics a lot. And um, and at first I didn't really think a lot about it. And then as time passed, I, I started to really learn and realize that that probably wasn't the best thing for her. Um, but I didn't know what to do at the time. So um, so I just kind of went with what, you know, what the system tells us we need to do. Uh, but eventually I learned more about treating things at home. And recently I did a podcast with a gal who specializes in homeopathy. That's just a few podcasts back. Um, I think it was called, I don't remember what it was called. Maybe somebody else can look that up and, and bring it up. But it, it had to do with... Um, just being uh, an advocate, basically being your 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 child's treating your children at home with natural health care because homeopathy is one way to do that. There's also herbal care, which I have a little more experience in, but I'm definitely um, looking into learning more about homeopathy just because it's so interesting to me and I've found it to be very very effective. So laying, I really wanted to lay a foundation for our kids' health um, because really that's what we're doing. You know, we think about how we're, we're growing them, you know, educationally and mentally and emotionally, but there's also, also the health factor. We are responsible and we are stewards, essentially, of our families and of these different areas. And that includes education, that includes their mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, but also their physical health. So as stewards of that, we want to be teaching our kids healthy habits. We do that by being um, active ourselves in learning more and also setting an example. Um, So... Like I said, we're setting an example. We're setting an example of, we did this in our own family, set an example of of exercise, regular exercise and being health conscious in our own family. And honestly, our kids poo-pooed it a lot of the time when they were younger. The funny thing is that almost every single, well, actually every single one of them exercises regularly, every one of them. And even the one who, you know, didn't even start until a year ago, and he's like 22 now, has just, but he's picked his own way to do it. You know, some of my my boys like weights, others do, you know, body weight. Anyway, all that to say, all of them hopped on in one form or another, and they're also super aware of what they need to do when they start to feel sick. Um, 
I'll explain a little bit more of that uh, as I get down, get get further down into the talk. So we're setting an example. And even though it seems like they fight us along the way, we are instilling in them lifelong habits. And there's something really important to understand that our health is not just the things we eat, although that's very, very, very important. Um, It's also our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, because we are whole people. We're whole beings. One area affects another. So yes, we should be concerned about what we put into our bodies. Every single thing we put into our bodies, we should be aware of what we're doing and um, not just do it in an unthinking way. I mean, obviously we don't have to be, you know, this is where the line is for me. Stress also plays a role in our overall health. So when health things and um, making changes becomes overwhelming and absolutely stressful, then you've kind of crossed over the line into maybe this isn't, maybe I don't need to be doing this much. Maybe I need to simplify and do um, a simpler version of this for now until we establish new habits. You know, it takes about three weeks to establish a new habit. So it takes time to put these baby steps into motion. And especially if you're trying to get your kids a little bit more on board and your husband on board, um, it can be, it can just, it can just be sort of a slow moving. So be patient, but don't give up. So we want to think about, um, every aspect. But again, today I'm going to be talking about what we put into our body, specifically food. So one thing I want to do want to point out though, that there is a thing, and maybe you've heard of this, it's called circadian rhythm. And as far as food goes, it's really important to have pretty regular mealtimes, um, to relax, to sit down, to eat, to chew your food really, really well. I know this seems really basic and almost like, why are you telling me this? But here's the thing. When we do all of that, it enables our body to take the nutrition from what we're eating and actually use it more fully. Our saliva breaks down the food so that our body can get more nutrients from that food. I used to, we kind of went on a kick for a while with our kids where we talked about um, chewing until liquid. So like chewing your food until it's basically liquid. That's a little extreme, but you get the idea. If you think in terms of that, you really begin to realize how quickly we chew, chew, chew and swallow. Well, our bodies can't really use nearly as much if we don't chew it up really, really well. Okay, so I have watched trends come and go over the last 30 to 40 years. I'm 52 years old, so as someone who's been kind of doing this health thing from the time I was a kid, I've watched a lot of trends come and go, and I've watched a lot of fads in health. In the 80s, the big thing was pasta. That was the thing that was gonna help you lose weight. Then it flipped, and all of a sudden, carbs were the enemy, and you don't wanna have any carbs at all. And then we found that this Dr. Atkins, who had some good ideas, ended up, I, I think he ended up, dying of a heart attack or something, you know, too much protein, not enough balance in the diet causes kidney issues. So anytime you're looking at anything extreme, you want to stay away from that. We need balance in our diets, in our lives. Um, Another example, uh, well, one of the things that I try to always remember and try to encourage is stick close to nature. 
I heard um, a gentleman say once that if man has altered it, just stay away from it. So if you think about that, you know, okay, corn tortilla chips, well, they don't seem too bad. And, and I do have them sometimes. I'm not saying I never eat any of this stuff. But if you think about it, this corn has been taken. It's probably genetically modified. It's been taken. It's been smashed. It's been cooked to death. It's, you know, it's, it's gone through this whole process and now it has lost a ton of value as far as food value goes. And that's why he was encouraging us to um, make sure that we just keep in mind to stick as close to nature as possible. Now, when you're cooking something, this is very interesting. This is something I learned along the way. Like for instance, there's certain vegetables that when you cook them, they actually turn brighter in color. And as soon as they've hit their peak brightness, like broccoli, that is the most edible and most usable form. So slightly steamed until it's the brightest green and not starting to fade in color, so we're not cooking it to death, it's that bright color that has the most food value. So again, sticking close to nature, a couple examples of trends, big deal with margarine. That was the big thing. Eat margarine, don't eat butter, makes your cholesterol high. And I'm sitting here thinking, but butter comes from milk and that's a lot closer to nature than what this is. And eventually, yes, that's what we found out, that basically margarine is one step down from plastic. We don't want to be putting that into our bodies. Antibiotics. I mentioned earlier, our daughter took quite a few of those. Well, over the years, the doctors realized, hey, we're prescribing this way too much. We're ruining the gut health of our kids and our antibiotics are becoming less effective because we're taking them all the time. So there's another trend that sort of came and left. So first suggestion that I want to make to you, be a label reader. This is something my husband taught me. Look at what you're buying in the store. Look at the label. What is in it? Looking for preservatives, dyes, colors, words you can't pronounce, multiple ingredients. Be a minimalist in your ingredients. Again, if man has altered it too much, don't consume it. Remember that the word natural isn't necessarily natural anymore. Um, I, I feel like that uh, Princess Bride line that says, I do not think that means what you think it means. Because a lot of natural meats have all kinds, like lunch meats and things like that, will have all kinds of preservatives, nitrates and phosphates. And those are things we really, really want to stay away from. We want to stick as close to nature as possible. So be a label reader. Let's talk a little bit about vegetables. I mentioned broccoli and, and cooking things. Um, certain things like broccoli is, is green, but when you steam it for just the right amount of time, it becomes its brightest color. You, you can do that with just about any vegetable. Now, a pepper, it really doesn't get any brighter when you're, when you're cooking it. So I would say eating it in raw form is probably the best way to eat it. Okay, so some suggestions that I want to make to you about what kind of vegetables, how to source your vegetables. My first recommendation is if you can, grow it yourself or grow as much as you can yourself. Maybe the things you eat a lot of, get one of those little uh, plastic tray things and some organic soil and some seeds. You can grow your own lettuce and just keep clipping it and it'll keep coming back for quite a while. Um, you can do container gardening. You can do small space gardening. There are books at the library, books on Amazon that tell you how to grow a lot of your own stuff. I think you can feed a family of four on 
oh, I can't remember how many square feet it is, but it's less than a quarter of an acre, I, way less. I can't even remember. So go do some research on that if you can possibly um, pull that off because that is really your best bet because then you're going to be able to buy non-GMO organic seeds. I like to buy heirloom seeds because I seed save. At the end, when I'm done harvesting, I let them go to seed. I I take the seeds, I let them dry, I save them for the next year. So if any of you guys know about uh, Monsanto, um, it is a bad word. It is a company that basically has bought up, uh, I want to say... 80% at least of the world's population of seeds and turned them into genetically modified so that people couldn't seed save. Fortunately, there are some companies out there who sell heirloom seeds and you can still buy them and save them yourself because somewhere along the way, someone got clued into this and said, oh, no, 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 we're not doing this. The heirloom seeds also are old. They're they're from way back and so they're much healthier, just more what nature intended. So grow it yourself if you can, buy locally if you can, farmer's markets, use a CSA. That's like a local, um, some local people who have a small organic, you know, natural farm and they will deliver boxes to your door. If you can't do that, Misfits Produce, that's one that I just recently got turned on to and there's another one as well. Um, they basically do organic produce. It's it's stuff that they can't sell in the store because it's maybe slightly blemished. Every Everything I've gotten, almost everything I've gotten looked totally, almost totally fine to me. Some things I had to eat a little sooner than others, but that's another great um, possibility. If you can't do any of those things, try to buy organic from your local grocery store. That's probably going to be your more expensive. It could be a little more expensive, um, but you want organic mainly because they're grown with minimal pesticides and herbicides. They're not totally free of those. And that's why I encourage local CSA and uh, growing it yourself. So we have to remember that even the organic stuff is going to have to be washed. Get a good produce wash. I use Thieves from Young Living, but there are lots of good ones out there on the market. Um, ones that are natural. Again, you know, uh, some of them are like citrusy, and um, there's some great ones on Amazon. You can look there. The other thing you really want to pay attention to, um, because there's certain things you're not going to be able to get that are organic. The Dirty Dozen list. If you look that up online, I think it's really actually up to 15 things now, but there's a Dirty Dozen and a Clean 15 is what it used to be called. Um, But you can easily access that. That tells you what things are really important to buy organic. So maybe you can't afford to buy all organic. Pick the things that are most important. Like peppers are very highly sprayed. Um, Tomatoes are very highly sprayed. You you really want to buy those organic if you can, or like I said, local and grow them yourself. Um, Avocados aren't highly sprayed. Mangoes aren't highly sprayed. So those aren't as important to buy um, in organic form. So um, there, are some, there are some tips on some kind of basic tips on vegetables. Uh, one thing I want to point out is that almost all of our health hinges on our gut health. Now, I know you've probably heard this, wondered what that meant, or maybe you've looked into it. Maybe you know lots about it. I, I don't know. But it is true. I have seen it 
holding true for years. It's not just a trend. It's not just a fad. Um, The best thing you can do is use food to heal your gut, but you can also use prebiotics and probiotics. So those are two different things. You can do research on those. I've heard prebiotics are a little better than probiotics, but they can be more expensive. So, um, but what they're doing is they're helping your body. Um, Probiotics are giving uh, good uh, bacteria to your gut. And I believe prebiotics help your body produce more good bacteria. It's like a, it's like a, a precursor to that. So it encourages your body to do it as well. Or instead of replacing it or just giving it to it, you're, you're encouraging your body to make it. Which I want to point out something to you. Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. They were made to heal. They were made to recover. So if we give it the right things and we take care of it, it will take care of us. God created us that way. Now, I realize we we all have genetics to deal with, but I really believe that a lot of that can be reversed or helped tremendously by focusing on good health and especially good gut health. Fermented food is a, I know it sounds terrible, doesn't it? If you've never experienced it, um, think in terms of sauerkraut. I, it, that's not my favorite food, but fermented cabbage is a, and it's super easy to make. One of the places where I learned the most about that type of eating and that type of food was a, a book called Nourishing Traditions. Now, I don't, I didn't typically go to it for a, a long period of time for my recipe ideas because it wasn't. I got the hang of it after a while, and I think this is this is one thing you need to note is that you don't have to do the same thing forever. Like I bought this Nourishing Traditions book. I used it for quite a while until I had absorbed a lot of the really good information that was in there. I had some of the skills that were involved, and then I could um, tweak things later on. I could add to other recipes. I could tweak them myself. I could add some of the other things that I'd learned from Nourishing Traditions into more simple uh, recipes so that it wasn't so complicated because it can be very time consuming. But if you can even just make one fermented food a week, um, that's a great, great thing to do. One of the other things you can do is sprout, uh, sprouting seeds, sprouting, uh, you can even um, soak nuts because what, what goes on with seeds and nuts is they're really good for you, but there's a barrier um, around them. And we access more of the nutrition and the enzymes inside of the nuts and the um, seeds if we either soak them or sprout them. And when I say sprouting, I'm not sprouting nuts. We're soaking nuts, we're sprouting or soaking seeds. So that is another thing that you can look into. And, um, and then you can kind of, we can dehydrate them in a low setting on the oven, in the oven so that they become a little bit crunchy. And we can throw them on salads and, you know, add them to things. The other day I made a meal that called, it was a taco dish. And, um, I, I used, it called for beans in it and I'm not a fan of beans and they don't really agree with me and I didn't want the carbs in it. So I chopped up a a yellow squash into small pieces and I sauteed that with the other 
other things that went into it, which were peppers because it was a Mexican dish um, and onions, and then threw that in there with it instead, and nobody knew the difference. And then it it was a great meal, and um, it was a great replacement. You can use uh, riced cauliflower in in place of rice. Um, I don't know if you know anything about rice, but apparently there's some talk of there being a lot of, um, I can't remember what it is. There's something on rice that isn't good for you, especially brown rice, but I can't remember what it was. If you, if anybody can re- knows that, can you throw it in there? I remember hearing it, reading it, and plus I just don't do a lot of grains, so, um, so I just kind of stay away from it. But anyway, so fermented foods makes uh, nutrition and, uh, and the benefits from that food more accessible. So, uh, you know, the the cabbage, the, you can ferment vegetables. I used to do fermented green beans, super, it was super simple. It was distilled water and some salt and maybe a garlic clove or something. And then I would put the raw green beans in there and put the lid on it loosely and just leave it there for, I think it was a, a four or five days, something like that. Um, and I kept an eye on them and it gets a little murky in there. And then you take them out and they have kind of a little zippy taste to them, almost a pickled taste um, or even just kind of a... Um, fizzy taste. I don't even know how to describe it, but that's a great thing to do. Super simple, super easy. Um, my other fa- another one of my favorite resources is Wellness Mama. I really like her. She is a mom. Uh, I think she's got five kids and she's been doing this for a really long time. She has doctors and nutritionists on there that verify her information. So she's very, very reliable, um, but still alternative. Um, she has some just great great stuff on there. Um, It can be a little overwhelming. So remember, if you start to get overwhelmed, it's okay to stop and just process and take in what you've already read. Um, I want to talk really quickly about gut health and antibiotics and prescription meds because even though I'm not talking about medication today, I do want to mention this just because it it affects your gut health. Um, Antibiotics, like I said before, because they're meant to kill bacteria, they also kill the good bacteria. And so you've got flora in your gut, okay, your stomach. Uh, begins to process things and break things down and puts it down into your intestines and there's there's good bacteria in there. Now, every time we do something like a colonoscopy, we and they make us do that prep thing, which I've never done, but they, they wash all of that out. So if you've ever had to have that done for any reason, it is crucial, um, that or surgery. It's, it's crucial that you make sure that you build your gut health back up with some prebiotics, probiotics, and some really good food. Um, and I'll be talking about some more good food to add to that in just a minute. But um, I, I want to share a quick story because when um, I... We, I had my sixth. Um, I'd never had mastitis. I nursed all my kids. But the sixth one came, and I think I was just extra tired um, with having five other kids under nine years old. <laughs> you think? Um, yeah. So I was a little extra tired. So anyway, I ended up getting mastitis, and it came on so fast and so hard that literally within two hours, I was bedridden. I didn't know what else to do. I wasn't prepared. And so I called the doctor. I got an antibiotic. I took it. I felt better within 48 hours and got over it. Well, lo and behold, it wasn't very long after that. I felt it coming on again because here's what happens. Antibiotics ultimately will likely 
drop your resistance to that same thing the next time it comes around. So that was problematic. I did not want this to be an ongoing thing. So fortunately, I took the antibiotic the first time, but I said, if this happens again, I'm not doing this again. I need to do my research. So I I took so many milligrams of echinacea per pound of body weight, raw garlic, I smelled terrible, tons of water and tons of vitamin C. And I just kept taking that every two to three hours. And guess what? I felt better within the same amount of time that the antibiotics would have made me feel better. And guess what? I never got mastitis again. I saw when it would start, there are a few times I felt a little hardness there and I thought, oop, I feel that. I think I need to do something. And I would, you know, drop the sugar, up the vitamin C, take some extra garlic, and it would go away. I never had it again. I had two more kids. I nursed them. Um, no problems. So I think that's just a really great example of how important it can be if you can avoid antibiotics. Now, I'm not saying I never used antibiotics again after that because I got a UTI. Fast forward many years later as I'm getting into menopause and um, I'm kind of in the middle of transitioning, um, for some reason, my bladder's a little sensitive. So I took an antibiotic. This was about four years ago. And again, I told myself, I'm not doing this again because I don't want to keep fighting this. So um, I, I took a protocol of oregano, tons of vitamin C, D-mannose, and then I also took grapefruit seed um, drops. Now, I've read since then, the jury's kind of out on those, whether they're actually good or not for you. Um, I think certain brands are better. I bought GSE, um, but I could have just not even taken that and taken the other three things. So oregano, D-mannose, and lots of vitamin C. So I I just put myself on a protocol of that every day for a, a couple of months, and I didn't have a problem again for a really long time. And the next time I, I got it, I went back to that protocol. When it, Every time I would feel even a little bit of twinge and felt like it was getting a hold of me, I would go to that protocol and it has worked ever since then. So just wanted to encourage you with that. I am thinking about doing another, uh, another one of these next week just to talk about uh, vitamins, kind of the basic vitamins and minerals and... Um, uh, and medications and kind of natural health approaches to just common everyday things. If you're interested in hearing that, please put that in the, the comments over here and I'll look over that in a little bit. Okay, so another thing to help your gut health, bone broth. Now I have a video and I'll, I'll need to find the link to it and I'll drop it in the comments here when I'm done or in the podcast notes for those of you who are listening on the podcast. Um, I have a video that I made that it's just a few minutes. It shows you exactly how to make really good bone broth. This is the kind of bone broth that I learned to make from nourishing traditions. A lot of people will tell you, oh, you just cook it for a few hours. Bone broth is cooked for many hours. I would cook it um, sometimes up to 72 hours in my turkey roaster when I made a big batch of it. And I would 
um, cool it and then put it in storage containers and put it in my freezer so I could pull it out for soups whenever I wanted. Or if somebody started to get sick, we could thaw it, they could sip on that. Because that's a wonderful thing to be taking when you're fighting something off. Um, I would do um, cow bone broth, chicken. We had sheep for a while, so I we had sheep bones. Um, we had a friend who got a deer and gave me deer bones. So I have done, I have done it with all of that, um, all of those things and use them. And I really really has been a wonderful, wonderful thing to know how to do and a wonderful way to build my family's immune system. Now, when you're using these bones, because um, I'm going to talk a little bit about, well, okay, while I'm talking about, about bone broth, I'm going to talk about meat, okay? Your best source of meat is a grass-fed, grass-finished meat or pastured, free-range poultry, okay? So you want these things to be fed good food, things that they would naturally eat, like the chickens will eat bugs and all kinds of, and all of that adds so much value to the meat and to the bones. And so you can use the entire thing. You know, you use the chicken off of it, but you also can use the bones. Don't waste those bones. Make bone broth with it and freeze them. Because, and freeze that bone broth. So grass-fed, grass-finished is the best. The next best would be grass-fed, grain-finished. Now, the reason I don't like grain-finished, the reason they grain-finish them is because they want to pack on as much weight as possible at the end and still be able to say that they mostly ate grass. So that's still a very good option, but a lot of grains are genetically modified. So now you've got that, some of that in your meat. So um, the next one would be organic. So, you know, you can buy the organic beef from from Costco. If that's your only option, that's a good option. Um, But buy locally if you can. Um, A lot of times people can go in on on an animal together and... um, if you if you call your local um, rural farmers, you can you can usually track down somebody who will grow a few who who typically grow some meat every year, and they might grow a cow for you or a sheep or chickens or whatever. So you can check into that. The main thing is you want to be resourceful because this is that important. This is all part of building healthy families and building healthy immune systems. So we want to be resourceful. And as we're doing this, our kids are watching us. They're looking at us and they don't realize they're taking it in, but what they're taking in is basically, this is important. This is important enough that mom will drive, you know, 30 miles to go get our meat or whatever, or an hour or two to get our meat because she wants to buy the good stuff. And we can explain that to our kids along the way. And in doing that, we're showing them that we're putting actions to our words. Okay. Now I just want to stop here for just a minute and tell you, I do not have a perfect diet. Our family has never had a perfect diet. My kids love sugar. They like treats. My daughter was eating M&Ms the other day. You know, so, I mean, my, my point in all of this is we just keep making progress. And as long as eating M&Ms is the exception and not the rule, we're doing great. Okay. We're making progress. We're doing good things for our bodies. Okay. The last thing I want to share is um, when you buy meat from just your typical, you know, the USDA approved, um, 
and this is a little bit gross, but I think you need to know this in case you don't know. When a cow is butchered, first of all, a lot of times the conditions these cows live in are not good. These cattle farms, they are like bumper to bumper right next to each other. They're standing in poop all day. It's not a healthy environment for them. And they're not very happy. You know, when I go out to my lady, uh, my farm that I love to buy my grass-fed meat from, I look at the cows out there, they're laying out in the daisies and they're chewing their cud and they're just, they're happy. They've got lots of space. They're eating grass. That's a happy cow. And that happy cow is going to make healthy meat and healthy um, milk that I'm going to talk about in a minute. So anyway, um, they but what happens is when they butcher these cows, they're already stressed because they're in such close living quarters and they're not, it's not a healthy environment or a natural environment for them. And then when they go to butcher them, they get stressed out because they know it's, it's happening, right? Okay, it's because there's a bunch of it. There's other ones happening at the same time. Their adrenaline rushes into their bodies and it fills their, their meat with cortisol. And... This is not good because cortisol is, is, is a fight or flight uh, chemical response that our bodies have and animals' bodies have. And when we're under stress, our body makes more cortisol and that actually contributes to growing kind of like a beer belly. Um, it contributes to be, not being able to lose weight. It contributes to thyroid issues. It contributes to a lot of things. So our adrenal health is very, very important. And so when we eat the meat from that cow that's been butchered and all that adrenaline is in that cow's meat, we're eating that. And we're adding to our bodies that we're trying to keep that adrenaline down and keep that cortisol level down. So hopefully that makes sense. Now, when you go to a farm, when you buy from a grass-fed farm, it's very calm, it's very quiet, it's very gentle. And I know a lot of people, they don't eat meat. I get that, and, and this is why I get that. But our family eats meat, and part of the reason we do is because one... Um, there are a lot of enzymes in meat that you can't, are very difficult to get by supplementing. Um, I feel like to be a vegetarian or a vegan, um, you have to really know what you're doing and make sure that you are supplementing and keeping a close eye on your own health and mineral levels and vitamin levels because there is quite a bit of benefit to healthy meat. Fish is great too. I go for Alaskan wild caught fish. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that and I'm not going to dive into them, but I'm just telling you that's from my understanding, the best fish that you can get. You don't want to buy farmed fish. Uh, again, it's kind of like the, the cows in the, in the cattle yard. All right. So let's talk a little bit about sugar. Um, the U S consumes a ton of sugar. Diabetes is out of control. People's health is not good partly because so much sugar is consumed. There is already an element of sugar in everything we eat. So when we start adding soda, candy bars, refined sugar to that, we are straining our organs, mainly our kidneys. Um, sugar also weakens the immune system for several hours after being ingested. So our kids... I made them cut it out. If, I, if they started to show signs of a cold or anything, we cut sugar out completely. And we would have them, especially if they were getting a cold, um, take some cayenne pepper, 
not from the grocery store, from an herb place that was high in heat units. They'd stir it in their um, orange juice and huck it down. These were obviously older kids. Um, And I'm telling you, a couple times of that, and it really helped cut their colds down, but I can talk about that in the next in the next podcast or Facebook Live. Stay away from aspartame, Splenda. Um, just those things are literally poison. Do not use them. Stay away from, uh, let's see, um, stick to things like stevia, raw local honey, and I'll talk about that in just a minute, organic date sugar, um, even raw organic cane juice crystals is, is better than refined sugar. They, um, but don't use these just to replace all the sugar you're already having. They're complex and, you're, and it's, they're a little better for you. They're a complex carbohydrate, so your body has to work a little more to break it down so it's not as um, hard on your body, but don't use it to re- replace the sugar. What we want to do is kind of, we want to we want to pull back on our desire for sugar. And that means we have to kind of cut back on it and get used to things tasting not so sweet. Stevia is fine. And um, a certain amount of raw local honey is actually really good for you because it helps with allergies. Um, but, but don't give it to a child who is uh, less than a year old. Um, but after that, it's really helpful if we've got um, seasonal allergies. All right. So I'm trying to get through this as quickly as I can because I'm running out of, I feel like I'm running out of time, but I will, I will go as quickly as I can. I'd like to keep this under an hour. So gluten. Okay. There's a long history on gluten, but the nuts and bolts of it is, um, wheat used to be grown. Um, it was healthy. We read in the Bible that they ate bread. Usually it was flat bread. But that wheat was not genetically modified. Most wheat now is genetically modified. I explained what Monsanto has done, and it applies to wheat as well. Um, the problem is that gluten is included in many prepackaged foods. So we've been eating a um, genetically modified version of wheat, and we've been eating more gluten than we realize in prepackaged foods. So we're getting overloaded with it. Anytime we get overloaded with something, our bodies are going to react to it. And we're going to, this is why we're seeing so much more gluten intolerance. Um, it's one of the reasons. So um, we stay away from gluten. Um, You can use some of the ancient grains. I have used einkorn flour, and I use fermentation to, again, to break it down that outer berry to have better access to the nutrition. Like I will take that flour and I will soak it in buttermilk when I want to make pancakes because it helps break that down and makes it more accessible to the nutrition. Sprouted ancient grains. Okay, if you if you have to buy store-bought bread, organic sprouted ancient grains would probably be your best bet. I like Ezekiel 4-9 bread. Um, usually I can find that at Whole Foods. Uh, now remember, as much as we, you know, we really do need to limit our carbs, we need to remember that kids do need carbs because they're growing. We need carbs for adrenal function. So if you're suffering from adrenal fatigue, don't cut carbs out completely. Um, more carbs are found in fruits than in vegetables. So if you're eating a lot of fruit, you are getting more carbs. Um, if you're eating more vegetables, you're getting less. Um, why is it important to consume minimal dairy products? All right. So... When we were younger, our bodies have the ability to, more of an ability to break down milk products. 
However, as we get older, we lose that ability. And that's why a lot of people end up uh, dairy intolerant. That's not the only reason, but that's one of them. Now, raw dairy is a different thing. We used to have a cow. We would milk the cow. We'd drink the milk. And I know a lot of people think that's scary and all of that, but we were, we were clean. We were careful. And honestly, some of that bacteria is okay. I mean, honestly, our immune systems are, are, can only be built up if we are exposed to certain kinds of bacteria. So we feed our body really good things. We feed it really good bacteria. There's good bacteria in raw milk. Now, I can't get that in the state I live in now. I used to be able to buy it from the farmer up the street, and he literally grew greens in the winter when it snowed for his cows to eat, and the rest of the time they ate out in the field. So this was amazing milk. But you take that cream from that milk, we would make sour cream, we would we would separate it out and make um, whey, and we would use the whey to ferment our green beans. You can learn more about that in the Nourishing Traditions book if you're interested in that. um, But but raw dairy, like I said, can be a good source of probiotics. Again, we want to stick with grass-fed. One thing I did learn recently, I have a little bit, I have a bit of a dairy intolerance, but it's not to the lactose. There can be a couple of different things. You can be lactose intolerant, but you can also be casein intolerant. And I am casein intolerant. And what my integrative doctor told me was that I could still have heavy cream because they believe that the casein is found in the protein part of the milk. So when it separates and you just take the cream off, the casein isn't in there. And he was right. I don't have any problem with the heavy cream. So I just thought I'd throw that out to you if you have a casein um, intolerance. Eggs. I buy from the local egg lady who also happens to grow our meat. Um, Local pasteurized, not pasteurized, (laughs) sorry. Oh, avoid pasteurized homogenized milk. You guys, that stuff on the shelf, in the store. Organic is a little bit better, but I'm telling you, it's just really not good all the way around because it basically killed all the benefits of the milk by cooking it to death. So we don't buy that. We actually don't drink milk anymore because we can't get our raw milk. So now we're going into the eggs. Okay, so local pastured, preferably fertilized. So we want a rooster running around there because what they found out was that, um, you know, they used to say egg, don't eat too many eggs because you'll raise your cholesterol. Well, it turns out that fertilized eggs have way low cholesterol as long as they're fertilized. Again, you know, God meant it to be that way. And so when we, when we stick close to nature, we get the healthiest version of that particular thing. Now I... When I can't get eggs from my lady, a bunch of her chickens got killed last fall, and so she's been growing some new ones, and they're just now finally laying again. I would go to Costco, and I, they have pastured eggs there. They're not fertilized, but they're pastured and organic. So that's a good option if you can't get, uh, get them from a local person. Oils. Now, this is a really interesting... I'm going to try to go really fast through this. You can do your own research on oils, but good fats... We're, we're always being told that fat is bad. It depends on polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, 
uh, cold pressed. You know, it just depends on what kind of oil and how it's processed. Okay, good fats are crucial for so many things, not the least of which is healthy brain development. Boys especially need lots of good fats. They need DHA and they need omega-3s and omega-6s, not just, I think omega-3s are the ones that are easy to find. One of them's really easy to find. The other is a little more difficult. Um, so you have to make sure you're getting both in those boys because that is super important. Um, well, and girls too, but boys especially need lots of that. It helps them focus. It helps with um, ADHD and ADD, and you can do your own research on that. Now, this is my favorite book. If you want to learn about um, just kind of in a nutshell, a lot of the things that I, I have learned over the years, I read this and this, this was not news to me. Um, and that's, that was kind of confirmation that the stuff I've read has been um, solid for a long time. But he talks about, this is Dr. Pompa's book called The Cellular Healing Diet. Again, I'm not making money off of this. I'm just telling you right now, this is my favorite book because it'll give you all this information in a nutshell. But especially he goes into the oils, the high heat oils, the medium heat oils, the raw low heat oils. So um, you can choose from those categories depending on what you want to use them for. Um, you want cold pressed, you want naturally refined. Anyway, he explains all of that in here. Uh, I'm going to put this up here just because if you want to get a screenshot of that, okay, and then a screenshot of that. I'll even hold it up again when we're done here if you want to see it. Um, or you can just purchase the book. It was $20, but it was so worth it. You can see I've got food all over it because these recipes are so simple and so healthy. Um, super easy. I'm loving this book. So if you want an easy cheesy start with the basics, I would highly recommend this book. So I can't go too much into the oils because we don't have a lot of time left, but I like to use cold pressed organic olive oil. I also use avocado oil, especially for making my own dressings. This is a huge thing. All the dressings, pretty much all the dressings in the store are can be toxic because anytime um, they're not cold pressed and they end up heating them up to purify them, we end up with toxic oils. So we've got toxic oils, canola oil, not, not a good choice, okay? So this is why it's important to do your study on oils. And you can even look up Dr. Pompa online and Dr. Axe. They will tell you the good oils out there to use to make your own dressings. Dressings are simple. They're super easy to make. And you're giving your family something to dip their veggies in, Um stuff for their green salads. You can make veggie salads where you just chop up a bunch of vegetables and throw them all together so they're kind of bite-sized and easy to eat and dump dressing over it. Um, you can even make a healthy ranch dressing if your kids like to dip. My kids love dipping. So um, anyway, one of the things that I like to do was to make a, a tray of vegetables for my kids, just healthy stuff, maybe some fruit, but mainly some vegetables, and I would just set it out on the counter. And I would say, if you're hungry, that's where you need to eat. Maybe have nuts on it. Just only healthy choices. And that was their snack option throughout the day. It helped me as well, because I would just eat off of that as well. Because snacks are what can get us sometimes. We get hungry, and then we grab the wrong thing, or our kids grab the wrong thing. So moving on, coconut oil is also good with minimal processing, grass-fed butter, ghee, um, talked about omega-3s and 6s. You can find those in wild-caught Alaskan fish, in nuts and nut butters. Avoid additives in your nut 
in your nut butters, okay? Um, we don't want a bunch of yucky oils in there. A lot of them have that. Um, try to use raw or at least no added sugars or funky oils to your nut butters. You can do the machine sometimes at like Whole Foods and be able to get your own. The only thing I want to say though is Valencia peanuts are apparently the only ones that are non-GMO. Costco brand has, um, it actually uses Valencia peanuts. So that's the peanut butter that I um, will often buy when I just, when I'm not going to get to Whole Foods or whatever. That is a good brand. Um, avocados are also a great place to get your omega-3s and 6s. Let's talk about water really quickly. Dangers of city water. We used to be on spring water. Now we are on city water. And so we purchased a Berkey. Again, I'm not making any money from this, but a Berkey watering system. It's a stainless steel thing. You've probably seen it. Um, it comes with charcoal filters and fluoride filters. Um, we filter the fluoride back out of our water because we don't want to ingest it. I'm not entirely opposed to using it on my teeth, but I won't give drops to my babies or my little kids. I don't believe in ingesting fluoride. I don't think that's a good thing. Um, our city water typically is treated with chemicals, bleach, fluoride. The other thing that we don't think about is that um, I'm, I'm fairly sure that this is true, but not 100% sure. So, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, the water that's collected it, sometimes, you know, um, I don't know where it comes from. So I don't know if some of the, um, I've heard talk that there can be hormones in the water as well that have come from humans who are taking so many hormones and I'm not sure exactly how it would get in the water, but um, I think some has been tested and that has been found. So I, I'm not sure about that. The jury might still be out on that, but I still want to stay away from the chemicals, the fluoride, the bleach. Um, so that's why I use the charcoal filters and the fluoride filters from Berkey and use that system. The other thing... Um, is, let's see, uh, okay, so I'll talk about your shower and your bath another time, because um, that, that has a, something, an interesting little twist there too. Okay, so let's talk about coffee, because coffee is my favorite. I love coffee, and I drink coffee every single day. So think about the things that you have every day on a regular basis. Those are probably the things you want to pay the most attention to because that's what's mostly going into your body. So I love coffee. So I use my Berkey water. I use organic coffee. And I actually drink quite a bit of decaf because I don't like to uh, spend my adrenal function on um, caffeine. <laughs> like to spend it on other things. So I get a water processed organic decaf. They have a wonderful dark one at um, Whole Foods, but you can also go to Amazon and a Faro is the name of the, the brand, F-A-R-O. Um, you can get a medium roast there. Jeremiah's Picks is also another one. But definitely get organic. Organic coffee is highly, highly sprayed. And if you get coffee that's sprayed plus the decaf. The water process is when they use water to decaffeinate the coffee, a water process, a steaming process, as opposed to using chemicals to decaffeinate it. I also use brown filters in my coffee pot versus white filters because there's a lot of bleach in the white filters. Tea. My first 
thing with tea is use organic loose leaf because again, you're not using the little bleach bags. Um, I say uh, herbal tea because you, you, you not only have a great experience, but you also get a lot of benefits from herb teas. Red raspberry leaf tea is my favorite. Of course, organic. Um, it tastes the most like black tea to me, but it has like 40 two vitamins and minerals in it. It's loaded. If you're starting to get sick, drink copious amounts of red raspberry leaf tea. It really helps build the immune system. It tastes good. I make it in iced tea version as well in the summer. Other options are an organic black or an organic green. Um, I've heard, make sure you don't buy the green tea in Japan because of the whole uh, nuclear thing that went on years ago. I don't know if that's still true or not, but I typically buy organic green tea. Last thing, sodas. You guys cut soda out of your life. It, it just, there are no health benefits to it. In fact, it, it's, it's detrimental to your health. And I know that can be hard. I use Zevia when I want something carbonated in the summertime that has a pretty strong stevia flavor, but you do get used to it. Also just a carbonated water, a mineral water. Um, you can put, uh, you can even put a fruit juice in it if you can't stand not having some sort of uh, sweetener in it. But I encourage you, that is, that is a, if that's the only thing you, you walk away from and you just go, I'm going to cut soda out of my life right now. I'm going to cut soda out of my life permanently. It will have been a good thing. You will have been doing yourself a huge, huge favor. So I haven't touched on vitamins, minerals, herbs to both heal and build the immune system. And again, if that's something you want, please put that in the comments. I've talked about what we put into our bodies. I'd also like to talk about ways to clean up our home environment in another episode. A few of the resources I mentioned, I just want to throw back out at you. One of my favorite ones that I read early on is how to raise your a healthy child in spite of your doctor. This is the doctor that helped me start thinking outside the box and helped me realize that I needed to take um, get a better grip on my family's health. And so he sort of helped me with that. Um, my daughters have loved Beautiful Baby. So that's a wonderful one if you have... Um, uh, babies that you're introducing food to. Um, I think it may have pregnancy stuff in it as well, how to be have a, a healthy pregnancy. I tried to get I tried to text them and have them send me the other books, but um, I'll have to get back to you on that because they didn't get back to me. You know, they're busy with little kids. Uh, Wellness Mama, that wellnessmama.com, that's this cellular detox healing book by Dr. Pompa. I like Dr. Axe as well. Um, I like to just Google simple keto recipes. Now, if you're really hung up for dinner, this is one thing I love to do. A friend turned me on to this a long time ago. Put in your ingredients that you have. Okay, I have chicken, I have cilantro, I have tomato paste, I have chicken broth. Put that in a Google search and recipes will come up. It's pretty cool. You can even put simple recipes or healthy recipes and then put those ingredients in. So that's something you can do. So again, really quickly in conclusion, steps you can take to start out. Stop buying what you don't want your family to eat and replace it with whole, clean food. Cook as many simple meals at home as possible. Make sure you plan 
That's very important um, because it's too easy to slip up and to just go get some fast food if we don't plan. In the morning, I get up and I think about what are we having for dinner and I take out the meat for it and I know what I'm doing at night um, so that I'm ready when the time comes. Um, Like I said, make a plate of healthy options at the beginning of the day that you and the kids can snack on whenever you're hungry. Carrots, cukes, fruits, nuts, freeze-dried fruit, dried fruit. Make sure that your dried fruit is not sugared and is non-sulfured. That's another important thing. So learn to question moms anything that someone wants to put into you or your child's body. You have that right and you have that responsibility. Now we can't get an A in every area of our eating. Sometimes we have to settle for a B or a C, but we keep moving forward and we keep going back to taking those baby steps. Don't spend money that you don't have. Be resourceful. Lastly, pray. Ask God for wisdom to know what's best for you and your family right now in this season, in your present circumstances with the means that you have. Because in James 1, God tells us if we ask for wisdom, he will give it generously without finding fault and it will be given to us, but we have to believe and not doubt. Otherwise, we're just gonna be blown around by every wind of doctrine that comes along. So we need to put our trust in God that he is gonna give us wisdom. And lastly, when I was doing... My health research as a young mom, I wanted to find out what the Bible had to say about health. And the one that I came across that stuck with me the longest and about the only one out there that had the word health, and it was Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil for this will be health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? Just come to him, ask him for direction, ask him for wisdom, ask him for resources. He is faithful. Lastly, I want to... invite you to visit my website. Um, I mostly talk about homeschooling and motherhood, uh, dorendawilson.com. If you want to go check it out, I also have a podcast and you can find that. It's just Dorenda Wilson on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, or you can listen directly from my website, dorendawilson.com. So um, lastly, I have a couple of books I wrote, The Unhurried Homeschooler, simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. You can find that on Amazon and a devotional for homeschooling moms called Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is also on Amazon. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm glad you joined me. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for just the ways that you have provided such good food and drink for us. God, show us how to best implement those into our family's lives and diets and menus. Father, I pray that every mom listening would be inspired to make healthy changes to grow a healthy family. In Jesus' name, amen.